Hey, welcome back to Mining Stock Daily. This is going to be our last episode of this Monday afternoon uh, and a very special episode. This is a conversation, well, I really was looking forward to having uh, after the news hit the tape, I believe it was Thursday morning, May 13th, I think that's the date. From Philo Mining, uh, it, Mr. Jamie Back, pleasure to have you on the show, but you, uh, you called this drill result a game changer in the news release. Uh, you can't take those words lightly, can you? No, no. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show, Trevor. I yeah. mean, it's, it's awesome that we had a chance to connect. What, what was it? A couple of months ago now. Um, February. Yeah. So, February. you know, it's, it's fun to have sort of tried to tell the story about how we were so excited about what was, what was coming up and what we were hoping to achieve. And then obviously the result last week uh, helps put a stamp on that. Yeah. Uh, and just in case uh, you are speculating in junior mining equities and uh, living under a rock, no pun intended, uh, Hole 41 out of the Filo del Sol project in Argentina did return a massive 858 meters, grading 1.8% copper equivalent. There was a 163-meter interval there, grading almost 5.5% copper equivalent. Uh, Jamie, you know, I don't think there's any doubt uh, year to date, this is the whole of the year. And I just wanted to get your thoughts here uh, as the CEO of this company. Uh, before it was known public what, you know, what you had, but you knew what you had, you know, tell me about that excitement and kind of the, the overwhelming emotion of knowing that this is just, you said a game changer for Philo. Uh, well, it's, it's uh, obviously super exciting and you know, you can imagine my, my phone call to Lucas, uh, and Adam, uh, you know, we talk about, uh, this deposit and I'm just reminded of the perseverance and commitment that's required. This is not a, a one hit wonder or an overnight success, Trevor, the, the first drill hole in the Filo del Sol was 1996. And since that time, there's about 70,000 meters gone into this, uh, most of it shallow and focused on drilling off the oxides. But, uh, you know, each year, starting about three years ago, we put some effort on trying to get some holes down deep and see what might exist at depth. Uh, there was a, uh, a, a flat-lying silver zone um, in the deposit, which we call the M zone which contains some exceptional silver grades. There's about 120 million ounces of, of silver within our resource that sits in that flat lying zone. And, and we had indications that we'd tagged it in holes 41 and uh, 37. We, we released those results actually partial assays earlier in the year uh, in April before these, the, the final assays came in. And um, one of the theses here was, was that there's some kind of feeder to that flat lying zone that we've got something that uh, you know was generated at depth came up and hit some kind of uh, structure uh, within the deposit and then spread out uh, into this more tabular area and I think 41 is our first indication that you know maybe we've tagged that feeder and uh, you know super excited about getting another drill hole down on that same section because we, we don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, we'll need to understand what it looks like in three dimensions. Uh, does, is it, is it flat lying? Does it extend to surface? Is it a feeder to that, to that M zone? So lots to learn. And, and what a weird year uh, to put down one of these types of holes. Like uh, the last time I was at, at site was January, 2020. 
Bob Carmichael, our VP Exploration, has not laid eyes on this core. Uh, so you can imagine we're pretty excited uh, once travel restrictions uh, get out to uh, to get down there and uh, check it out ourselves. But sure, the, the first phone call to Lucas is, was pretty special. Uh, so 1996 was the first hole. This just goes how this it's a testament to how much work goes into building these deposits, right? And discovering the extension of it. Uh, this is early stages for that north part of the property because, you know, back in February, you and I chatted. You were giving the idea that the geophysical data showed that potentially there was something really good there and that you were you guys were starting to move to the north there in preparations to get these deep drill holes in there. Well, obviously, all that preparatory work in, in geophysical data collecting proved wild. But ladies and gentlemen, this is first two holes here. You've got another hole or a couple holes in the works here, even going testing even deeper yeah hole, hole 46 uh we're excited about of course it's uh currently at 1500 meters and still going so we'll let that one go as deep as we can through to the end of may when i think we'll we'll wrap up drilling for this season and take a bit of a break and it's an undercut of hole 32 which we released last season. 32 was 1,009 meters of 0.95% copper equivalent. So this is one that's uh, 200 meters to the east of, of 32 and undercutting. Um, so it'll be the first really, I guess, really deep hole uh, that we'll have down there and, and see whether or not there's something that's, uh, that's at depth. Every, every one of our holes, including 41, has ended in mineralization. The, the bottom of 41, the last 20 meters, was in 1.2% copper equivalent, and, and we lost the hole due to uh, drilling issues. So it'll be uh, interesting to see what some of this deep stuff has. What is the strategy here for this north part of the land, you know, of the property? You know, you've got these new hole, you know, new discoveries. You need to build those out. Like, what is what is next after this drill campaign? So you know, dial the clock back. And uh, I was talking about this oxide deposit that sits on top and the optionality that we have at Philo and trying to get a sense of the size and scale. Oh, sorry, that's Lucas calling. Um, trying to get the- <laughs> Tell, him, of, tell yeah, him hi. <laughs> trying to get a sense of the size and scale of, uh, of what we're onto here uh, and a view towards, you know, the, what sits at depth was then going to guide some of our decisions with respect to surface infrastructure and, and not wanting to make uh, an issue of, of setting a leach pad on top of the, the longer term development here. So I think how this changes is it, it really gives us confidence to go up with a slightly bigger program, focus on that zone of the higher grade uh, in terms of drilling that off to an initial inferred resource. Uh, and then hopefully through the course of uh, the next 18 months, you know, continue to add to that resource uh, with tons and um, contained metals as we learn more about the deposit. Uh, all that work, obviously, you're, you're, you're talking about kilometer deep holes, if not longer. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of money that goes into drilling these you know, talk about the cash in the bank for Philo. Are you capable 
of a sustained drilling program up there north? Do you need to go back to the market? I mean, I don't think there'd be any problem. It sounds like people are willing to give you the cash hand over yeah. fist right now. But, you know, like talk how, how do you afford that or do you do you have the resources to make that happen? Uh, it's uh, one of the amazing parts about being part of this group, Trevor, is that uh, we've been able to keep these projects going in in the tough times. And, uh, you know, I think obviously the success offers us the, the ability to keep these projects going in the good times. And uh, $28 million in the bank today, as of our last, you know, quarterly results, uh, that gets us all the way through the summer and into planning for next year. And uh, depending on the sort of the size and scope of the program, we'll put that in front of the board and, and come up with a budget that makes sense. And uh, yeah, as I say, Lucas is super excited about the project and uh, I imagine uh, happy to uh, continue to invest alongside uh, his loyal uh, followers. So it, it shouldn't be a problem for us to, to raise the money that we need to advance drilling next season. Yeah, I believe I still saw insider buying even up, you know, Thursday afternoon when that when your market cap had really spiked and it was trading north of seven or eight dollars a share Canadian. There was still insider buying there. I mean, it's, that's a true testament. It's uh, yeah, it's it's it speaks sort of to I guess the the doors that open up uh, as you ratchet up market cap a little bit. You know, it's 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 hard. Uh, to invest in junior mining stocks when they're uh, trading down markets and it doesn't allow a lot of the bigger funds um, access to those names. And, you know, as the share price appreciates and as you, uh, you know, as we start to, to build some market cap, it opens doors up for, for other funds and for other potential investors who are keen on, on getting into the story. So uh, in many respects, uh, it's a less riskier investment as the as the share price is a little bit higher. And uh, sure. yeah. How does the company continue to keep this momentum? You know, obviously it, you've got a couple of drill results still pending uh, that, you know, I'm assuming that people will be awaiting a majority of the spring and the summer to get those results. But how do you and the management team continue to keep this momentum that has been uh, you know, reestablished, not only for you as a company, but actually for the market in general? Well, uh, it, it, it's, it's clear, it's sort of how I opened our, we did a webinar earlier today and it's clearly top of mind. It's, it's early on, my job was to convince people at Philo we were onto something special. And, and now it's to uh, try and convince people that there's still room to run here, that they haven't missed, uh, missed the share price appreciation. So how do we, how do we keep investor interest in, in the name and, and uh, you know, those who didn't invest at $2, how do we get them to, to invest at, at $7 or $9? And I think it's, it's taking a, a broader view on the district level scale of what's been uh, explored for and discovered for here. I talked about the phyllo and, and drill holes dating back to 1990s. And if you look 20 kilometer radius here, we've got NGX resources who have the Los Alados deposit, 3 billion tons. You look at Jose Maria, uh, the Jose Maria resource deposit. I, I know you've spoken to Adam in the past, uh, you know, 1.5 billion tons. And, and these guys are advancing that project towards 
uh, construction. And, and as you start to see milestones drop there, uh, fiscal stability in Argentina, uh, permits in hand, a construction financing package coming together, you know, all of that starts piecing together what is a district level mining camp of which, you know, I believe Philo is likely to be the crown jewel. So uh, to, to use the term that we're just getting started here uh, isn't fair to the, the history of the Lundines in the area, but uh, it's probably, you know, I, I hope it's a good analogy as to the excitement that's building for this district. Yeah. You use the word district. Can you give us a brief uh, lesson in history of these three projects, uh, kind of being under the umbrella of the Lundine family? Why? Each were kind of split into their three separate ways, but it sounds like in, in the future, there's potential to see them kind of be there. They are going to be working together in some capacity. These were, this was a land package that was pieced together uh, after the, the Lundines sold Veladero, uh, sold Veladero. So that was a project that was in Argentina gold subject to a uh, hostile takeover by uh, Homestake now Barrick and and remains you know the largest gold producer in Argentina. Um, so the the guys pieced together this land package and, and through various different corporate entities. At one point in time, it was in in Tanky Mining because uh, Tanky Fungarumi in, in the DRC was in 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 civil war, uh, and they needed some news flow. And but gradually, it made its way into NGX, and some of the first drill holes put in here, uh, in particular on Jose Maria, were uh, pretty decent lengths at, call it 0.6 copper with uh, 0.4, 0.5 gold coming along. And it, it quickly went from a, a map with five or six pretty interesting exploration targets on it to, oh my gosh, we're onto something here and let's start drilling these off. So the dollars flew into defining Jose Maria, uh, ultimately defining Los Alados. And Filo del Sol was the, uh, was the forgotten asset. It was uh, within a, a broader company. Those were advancing towards engineering studies. Uh, and it was hard for us to allocate capital within NGX to go and explore at Filo when we had these two other great, great discoveries. So in, in 2016, they made the decision to spin it out and put it into its own own entity and really allow shareholders more of a choice. If you were keen on that near-term, uh, I guess, call it advanced development, moving towards construction option, then you can put your dollars into, uh, into NGX and, and watch Jose Maria progress. If you were keen to refocus on the drill bit and see what was out there in terms of exploration, then you could direct your dollars towards uh, towards Philo and, and they'd had a lot of success with, with lending gold in terms of having a, a single asset company with a very clear direction uh, and uh, I guess strategy, you know, advancing Fruta del Norte to production. And that was the same view for Jose Maria, advancing Jose Maria resources to production. And, and for Philo, it was defining the, uh, defining the resource through exploration. So it's been uh, obviously a good strategy so far, uh, whether or not they jam back together, it, it's, it's options of course, and having the family and having Lucas as the majority shareholder of, of all three companies, uh, you know, who, who knows exactly what the future holds and, and how we develop this district. Well, it's interesting because, you know, Philo is, 
out of these three, Philo's kind of in the s- southern portion of this district, but you are drilling actively to the north. And I'm just kind of curious, and maybe this is more of a question for Bob, but how does that mineral, you know, given the results lately from Philo to the north, is there speculation that maybe there's other mineralization in, say, Jose Maria's southern borders? Or, you know, it, it, can it be connected somehow? Is there a reason to continue to maybe try to p- piece the dots there? Yeah, no, for sure. There was, uh, as I said, we, we started with a massive land package and, and soil uh, sampling and, and soil anomalies that identified multiple uh, exploration targets. Uh, there's Silimanita, there's uh, Portones, there's uh, other deposits in and around um, NGX's uh, asset in, in Chile at Los Alados. And, and for Philo, our project extends about 10 kilometers to the north to what we call the Potro Cliffs. And the Potro Cliffs have uh, grab samples uh, in and around the bottom of uh, outstanding gold, uh, you know, plus, plus gram gold samples from surface. So it's one of the largest steam heated alteration zones in the Andes and uh, remains fairly un- unexplored as we move north on, on Philo's land package. So lots to discover in, in time. Yeah, still still early there in that northern part of the package. Um, so I want to take a step back away from the, the exploration news here and I'll follow up with a couple of things you and I discussed from back in February. Um, you know, I, I did, I remember asking you, you are right on that Argentine-Chile border and you mentioned that uh, it, it's a good place to be because of a binational treaty protocol between Argentina and Chile. Uh, there's a little bit of, I don't know if you call it concern or challenges, uh, there's rumors that there could be higher taxation on the Chile side of copper miners, that it has been a concern for speculators and um, and metals investors. I'm just kind of curious, have you heard anything more about this treaty protocol? Uh, how could a higher taxation on the Chile side uh, change things with this protocol? And how does that affect you on the Argentina border? Uh, great question. I think with respect to the protocol, nothing that, that Chile is contemplating with respect to changing taxes really has any implication on the, the, the mechanics of how that works for us. Um, we still have access on both sides of the border. We're still able to work on one side or the other side and move freely in and out, at least in non-COVID times. So our view is let's continue to advance the project, uh, assuming that the binational treaty protocol uh, is in place and is functioning well. Um, at the end of the day, every mining project around the world is is, is going to be subject to uh, you know regulators and and um, governments and uh, taking a, a look at how their tax and loyalty structure is is established and and the rules can change. One of the big things that, that Adam is working towards at Jose Maria is locking in fiscal stability uh, for Jose Maria so that that sort of sets the ground rules for the next 30 years in, in terms of taxes and royalties and export taxes and, and, and where the government stands on, on sort of how the economic split of the project works. So uh, obviously we'll pay attention to what's going on in, in Chile. The center of gravity of almost everything we're drilling now is moving towards Argentina. And if this is the kind of thing that needs to get rescoped as, a, as an Argentina-only project, 
uh, we could take a look at doing that. But, uh, you know, it's early days. And I think for now, we, we continue to explore and just try and understand this remarkable ore body uh, with, without much regard to exactly how the border sits on in there. Another follow-up question I had written down I wanted to ask you about. Uh, there is a PFS on the project on Filo del Sol. Those numbers came in at about a $1.3 billion capex, but obviously uh, dated PFS, and you know as well as anybody else listening that supplies are more expensive now than they were three months ago. Uh, everything's gone up from lumber to steel uh, to copper and gold, obviously. Uh, how does this um, how does this play into this stages you know this stage of philo right now? Uh, do you need to go up and do an updated PFS, or how does this this kind of play in the back of your mind of you know what needs to be done next to present to the market? Yeah, I, I think that as you know, we reopen the. PFS and sort of rescope the project. Obviously, everything's going to be subject to cost inflation, and and uh, but hopefully metals price increases as well to to try and offset that. Um, certainly, with respect to our capital numbers, one of the things that it doesn't account for is any ongoing construction activities at Jose Maria. So as as things were developed for that pre-feasibility at Philo. We looked at our own road, our own power line, our own water supply. Uh, as Jose Maria moves forward, we'll, we should be able to piggyback a little bit on infrastructure that's built uh, as part of that project. So that may have a bit of an offsetting impact uh, for us in terms of cost inflation on one hand, but uh, some savings on the uh, on the development, uh, you know, on the other hand. But at, at the end of the day, Trevor, I think we'll we'll probably need to reevaluate exactly what makes sense with respect to engineering the whole project and mm -hmm. the oxide sitting on top it's our starter pit it's our uh, sort of the cherry on top and uh, a nice uh, accessible open pit so uh, that's that's going to drive the early years at, at Philo and ultimately generate cash flow to help build out the bigger project but uh, exactly how that looks, there's processing options here too. Um, we could potentially, as, a, as opposed to the heap leach, we could potentially install some grinding capacity and look towards an agitated leach or uh, something like that, that, that then builds a mill uh, on site, which we could then use for future processing of the sulfide. So um, new information coming in and probably Two early days to really guide how uh, we would ultimately rescope the engineering work uh, here, and uh, no immediate, I guess, uh, plans to go back and, and rejig that PFS until we learn more from the from the drilling. Okay, uh, Jamie, I, I've taken up a lot of your time. I appreciate the the insight here and the commentary. Congratulations once again to you and the team there at Fila with this just incredible hole. Uh, I really, I for one, really look forward to see what's uh, what's coming down next from uh, this drilling. Oh, thanks, Trevor. It's been so exciting, and and thanks to you. I think well, everybody who followed this story from from yourself to uh, to to the retail base, one of the reasons that that we've had such a great market response is because we got a few more eyeballs uh, onto the the Philo name, and uh, with with people paying attention. When the great results came out, I think that's that's really led to some of this excitement. So 
thanks to you and all the uh, all your listeners and everybody else who's uh, out there on the retail side who's putting some uh, some of their dollars at work for us. We appreciate the support. No, thanks, Jamie. That's really kind of you to say. Uh, I do look forward to catching up with you again here in the next couple months, and uh, you're happy to come back anytime for some updates as the news progresses. Thanks, Trevor. Uh, that's Jamie Beck, CEO of Philo Mining. Again, they trade on the TSX Venture with FIL. And that's a wrap today here on the Mining Stock Daily Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the news briefing. Have a great evening, everybody. Be well. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decision.